Hello, and welcome to A Leap of Faith Podcast. My name is Lorraine, and I am your host today. We are on episode 29.2, and we are reading from a book of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, and uh, it's Monday for me. I don't know what time it is for you, what day, but welcome, and I'm so glad that you are able to join me today. As you can see, I am back in my Hawaii home with my father-in-law. Uh, not my home, but my father-in-law's home. Um, so we're visiting, and uh, we'll be here for the week. So uh, I will probably try to get, if not all of them done today. I know this is crazy, and I, I know you're supposed to read your Bible every day, which I do. But <clears throat> uh, these podcasts, I want to make sure that they get out uh, and get to you on time. So um, I'll probably do at least two today. So if you see me dressed in the same clothes, uh, I'm not wearing the same clothes for five days while I'm vacationing here. So, But I do want to make sure that you guys get uh, your podcast. So uh, so I'm not going to dilly-dally. Uh, it's kind of quiet right now. There's nobody around. And uh, so I want to go ahead and uh, dive right in. So let's open up in prayer like we always do. And then we will get into chapter 9. <clears throat> Holy God, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and so thankful for all that you do, all that you have provided for us. We just celebrated Easter Sunday, celebration of um, uh, Jesus's resurrection from the grave and his, uh, his defeat of death for us. He died for our sins and we are so grateful that he bore our sins for us. So thank you so much for loving us and for taking care of us and uh, sending him to bear our burden, our sins. Lord, I pray over this moment uh, as we dive into your word, anoint it, bless it, and uh, reveal to us exactly what it is that you want us to learn from it. I pray blessings over those who are out there listening, uh, that they had an enjoyable day yesterday, that they were able to visit with friends or family. Um, Lord, I just uh, ask you to put a covering over every person out there, their families, uh, and just just watch over us, Lord. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Let us meet the people you want us to meet. Let us say the words you want us to say. And keep us out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to take a drink. And uh, I'm going to start reading. So chapter 9, episode 29.2. <clears throat> Am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others, even if others think I am not an apostle, I certainly am to you. You yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do, and as Peter does? Or is it only Barabbas and I, I'm sorry, Barnabas and I, who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of, the, of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am 
am I expressing merely a human opinion or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? <clears throat> Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet I have never used any of these rights, and I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I wouldn't deserve payment. But I have no choice, for God has given me this sacred trust. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Excuse me. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to be saved, to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. <clears throat> All right. So if we go back to the beginning, I hope my computer is not being heard because it's really making a lot. It sounds like it's going to take off like a plane. That's why I put my earbud in so that maybe you're only getting the microphone. But of course, then you're listening to me cough and, you know, clear my throat. So I apologize. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> so this starts off with Paul gives up his rights. So what I'm understanding from this uh, is that, uh, and I don't think I need to go line by line. 
I think, and I, I did highlight the first verse, am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? I went down to five. Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us as other apostles and the Lord's brothers do and as Peter does? Um, but what I'm understanding with this is that he's saying that... Um, The people that he's preaching to and the people he's trying to save should be supporting the ministry. And what I'm understanding from this, it sounds to me like he's saying y'all should be tithing, you know, or giving gifts to the people who are um, taking care of the sheep, you know. And, you know, what soldier has to pay with his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't get to eat some of the fruit? You know, who takes care of sheep and doesn't get any of the milk? Um, since we have planted spiritual seeds among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? Um, if you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than to be an obstacle to the good news. But he's not asking for payment. He's not going, but he's saying that he should you know, they should be considering giving them payment and taking care of them and opening up their homes to them. That's what I'm, I'm thinking he's saying here. And then down in 14, in the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet, I have never used any of these rights, and I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. Um, you know, somebody said to me, and I think it's in the Bible somewhere, you, you uh, support where you are being fed. And that's what tithing is about, is, is giving to the, where you're getting, uh, you're getting to hear the word. Uh, in fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If he wasn't doing what God was telling him to do, how terrible that would be. And then uh, he goes on to say, Even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And so that, that's what he's, I think, feeling is his, is his job, is to, you know, bring people to Christ, to preach the good news. So, uh, yeah, uh, he, he's saying, uh, I'm going to continue, you know, preaching the good news out there, and I, 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 because God is charging me to do that. Um, any minister out there uh, has been called by God to do it, um, you know, and they need to be supported. Uh, is what it comes down to. Um, you don't, uh, and if you're being called, uh, I would be listening to what God's telling you to do. Um, and then he goes down into 19, uh, 20, 21. He's saying, uh, you know, when he was living with uh, the Jews who uh, he was trying to bring, you know, he lived like those Jews so that he could bring them to Christ. Those who lived under the Jewish law, he lived under the law. Uh, because he wanted to bring those to Christ. He, he lives among the Gentiles. He wants to bring them to Christ. So he lives as they do. I'm not saying he's sinning like them. Um, but he lives according to, I guess, the way that they're living. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Right? When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. 
And then he goes into this, uh, I love this last uh, three verses. Um, and anybody who is an athlete uh, should take heed with this, because I think this is perfect for any athlete. If you're looking for a Bible verse, uh, I think this is perfect. Don't you realize that in a, a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do it, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So he's training himself. He's, you know, he's he's disciplining himself, and he's, you know, uh, as an athlete does. So I think that's a really good Bible verse for an athlete. I even dog eared it, dog eared it, in my in my book, in my Bible. So. So that's it for today. Uh, good stuff, as always. Um, I think, you know, what it's basically, to me, it's saying is, you know, uh, don't hide your light, God's light, Christ's light, under a lamp. I think that we need to um, acknowledge him, give him, uh, give him glory, uh, give him all the praise. When something good happens, give him the glory, because it's all God, as far as I'm concerned. And um, I think that we need to be... Um, living our uh, lives in a Christ-like way and so uh, and giving him glory so um, don't hide your light under a bushel that's the way I look at it so uh, if you haven't made a decision to be a Christ follower this is your time this is your moment to do it uh, I always say the prayer for you and I'll do it every day this week you know on vacation and you can see with my crazy hair and my overalls and I'm in Hawaii mode so Anyway, but uh, I will give you this opportunity every day because today might be your day. Today might be the day that you decide, you know what, Jesus is calling me. So uh, let's say the prayer and uh, believers, feel free to say it as well. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, today I put my trust in you. I am not perfect and I know I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. It's his perfect and spotless blood that he shed on the cross for me and for everyone. For all my sins, past, present, and future. On this day, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept him into my heart and will live my life for him. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time in your whole life, congratulations and welcome into the, um, the family. Uh, the adopted family. We are all adopted sons and daughters of, uh, of Jesus. So um, just welcome. Uh, we encourage you, uh, Jeremiah and I, to get to a church, get to a pastor, get to somebody who is um, probably a more seasoned believer who can help navigate to the next step, uh, point you in the right direction. Uh, join a ministry, start a ministry, uh, volunteer, whatever you can do to further the kingdom. So uh, mark this day as your day, uh, whatever it is. This is the day after Easter, so uh, you know, today is your day. Check mark it and mark it down. Today was the day you became a believer. So that's it for today. Uh, I am so blessed to be able to lead you in uh, one chapter a day. Uh, we've been doing this since October, and I'm so proud of everybody. We're uh, starting to wind down, I think, in 1 Corinthians. Uh, so 
I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm so happy that I get to do this with you. So um, getting to read uh, one chapter at a time. So God bless you. God bless uh, your morning, your afternoon, your evening, whatever time it is that you're getting to actually listen to this. And I will see you tomorrow. Take care.